and welcome to The Bitten Word. I'm Ashley. And I'm Christine. And I feel super awkward doing this. I'm just sitting like I'm, right I can't make eye contact with you. <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> we cannot do this. <laughs> so we are here together for the first time ever recording a podcast. So I know that doesn't really matter to you guys that much, but it's kind of cool for us. But we've it's got fun. like kids in bed drama we got one kid sitting watching frozen at the table so we only made one pie yes okay so today we are here to talk to you about the help and minnie's chocolate pie sans poop Um, I'm not getting that authentic with it. No, absolutely not. Although I was offered hamster poop to yeah. put on the pie today. <laughs> so I, I, I declined that offer um, and think you would like it that much. Although Christine is the one that made the pie and I wasn't watching when she did it. So we'll see. I'm not going to tell you until after, <laughs> after you've had your second slice. Right. Um, so this is this is kind of a fun one just because just because of the story, because it's a really funny one. Usually the st- things that we've done before have been like, like, I don't know, calming or like community Serious building, or, or there's like, like a real reason for it in the book. I mean, there's a reason for it here too, but this one is just like, it totally comes out of nowhere. I remember reading the book the first time and I was like, what? Like this whole scene was just like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe she did that. Like it stressed me out. It's a linchpin of the story, but it's entertaining. Yes. Very much so. Um, so before I get into a synopsis for anybody who has not seen the movie or read the book, um, I wanted to mention just a couple of things. So this book was written in 2009, um, and it spent more than 100 weeks on the New York Times bestseller oh, list. Really? Yeah. Well, not that I have a uh, any kind of comparison or what the average is. I think that's a lot because that's like two years. It sounds like a long time. Yeah, that's a really long time, I feel like, for a book. Um, and apparently, Catherine Stockett got more than 60 rejection letters before really? somebody published this book. So you hear about people like J.K. Rowling like got rejected a bunch, right? Yeah. You hear this story. It's a frequent story, but 60 does sound like a lot. One other note is that this book is somewhat biographical for Catherine Stockett. Um, She grew up in Jackson, Mississippi, which is where this takes place. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the characters in this book uh, is a young girl who just graduated from Ole Miss. And I always feel weird saying Ole, but that's how you spell it. That's how you spell it. Yeah, Ole Ole Miss. Um, Mississippi State. Yeah. So Catherine Stockett went to the University of Alabama for writing. And this this character that went to Ole Miss, she wants to be a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a lot of it is born out of a relationship that she had with her own domestic worker when she was young named Dimitri. Hmm. Um, and she had a really good relationship with her and loved her. And so she wanted to kind of write this book in memory of her and mm-hmm. what she went through. Um, So knowing all of that, I'm going to give you a synopsis here um, quickly of this book slash movie. So it's a story of black maids working for white uh, Southern families in the 1960s in Mississippi. 
And also a woman named Skeeter, who's 22 year old student who comes home to find that her black nanny has left and no one will tell her why. Constantine. Yes. Um, and so that kind of snowballs into this thing that happens. So Skeeter wants to be a writer. And so she starts, but she has like um, a column in a newspaper. That's the only job she can get. And it's like about housekeeping, but she knows nothing about housekeeping. So she starts talking to the black maids about housekeeping and she learns a lot more than just about housekeeping. Uh, so the two main uh, girls that she talks to are Abilene and Minnie. So she begins working with Abilene um, on a narrative that's going to be like uh, what, what life is like for 12 different maids uh, in the Jackson area. Their experiences working for white families yeah. and raising their children. Yes. And yeah, specifically in raising the white children. Um, and Minnie, who is Aveline's like super sassy friend, uh, comes and joins them. Uh, so Minnie is an interesting character because she is, is like I said, sassy. Like she can't hold her tongue. Um, She's got no filter. Yeah. And so she will take action or actually talk back to people. So she keeps getting fired from jobs. And so she's worked for a lot of different people. But she's also very um, desirable because she's the best cook. Yes. And as Skeeter starts talking to Abilene and Minnie and hearing more about their experiences, she starts to see the true prejudices of her upbringing and how she has been looking at this whole situation wrongly. Um, So eventually Skeeter's book is published and it becomes a bestseller. And the white women of Jackson start recognizing themselves as characters in the book. Uh, These are like the socialite women, the people who have domestic servants, um, the people who are in like the league what is i don't even yeah. remember what kind of league i, I don't know it's some women's club or yeah. some crap i don't know um so one of these women is named hilly holbrook and she's like a whole piece of work um but she is set on revenge but in the end she's the one that's embarrassed because of this scene that we're going to talk about because it gets put into the book is basically like insurance that she's not going to be able to do anything mean. Um, And the book gives voice to Black maids, and it helps Jackson to begin to reconsider the lines that they've drawn between Black and white. Um, So that's like a very small nutshell uh, of this story. But I, I wanted to delve into a little bit more uh, about the scene that we're going to be talking about. Um, So Minnie, we've talked about she's been fired from a lot of jobs uh, just because she talks back, but everybody wants her because she's such a good cook. So eventually she gets a job with a woman that she calls Miss Celia. And I know she's okay. So I love this story between Minnie and, and Celia. Uh, so Celia is a white woman and she has moved into this town and the other women in like in the league and the socialite women do not accept her. Um, 
they kind of like Hilly bullies her basically. They, they think she's kind of a bimbo. White trashy. I guess. Yeah. And her husband's got a lot of money, but her biggest sin is that her husband is Hilly's ex-boyfriend. Yes. Um, and so I feel like they kind of live like on the outskirts of town I think they do. too. So they're really just kind of removed. And poor Celia, she tries so hard to like get in good with these mm-hmm. women and, and she's be really part sweet. of it. And she is very sweet. And they just will have none of it. And they are so mean to her. Um, and it turns out that she's having a lot of her own turmoil too, because she keeps having these like really traumatic miscarriages. Mm-hmm. So Celia is suffering from like depression. She's having a really hard time getting out of bed. Every time she has a miscarriage, it's um, just devastating for her. I really like her relationship with Minnie because she has such a hard time after each of these miscarriages and she's not fitting in and Minnie comes in and basically saves her. She She's exactly what she needs to help her to see, you know, like that she has worth and value and their relationship is just so sweet. Like, yeah. I, I really love it. Um so during one of these times that uh, Celia just cannot get out of bed uh, because the women have been being mean to her, Hilly has like super embarrassed her and then like made her pay $200 or something in reparations for something that happened at a league activity. She's banned her from the league. Um, and so Minnie decides to tell her this secret that she has. So and she, she call it the terrible, horrible, something, something like, that. like that. Yes. So she's working for Hilly's mom, Miss Walters, and she knows that she's going to be losing her job because Hilly is having her mom put into a home. Uh, and so she's been looking around for a new job. She knows she can cook. She knows she's desirable, but she keeps going. And to these different families who are asking for you know people and she almost got <laughs> mosquitoes all over the place apparently um so she is asking around and everybody keeps saying that they won't hire her they're all saying no and she has two days left at miss walters and she's like i don't but understand they're, they're saying no because they're afraid of hilly so they keep saying no and she doesn't understand why and so finally hilly comes to her and says come work for me I'll pay you 25 more cents a day than my mom did, which is ridiculous for the amount of work that they do. Oh, I know. I mean, I'm sure even in the 60s, it was nothing, but I I wonder what it would be today. Oh, I bet it was. I'm I'm sure it's nothing. Um, And so she said she called it a dangling carrot, like she was some sort of plow mule. Um, And that this would have like put her friend out of a job, the lady who already worked for Hilly. And she was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, She said, no, thank you. And uh, she came back and she was like, look, I know about all of the people who said no to you. And the reason why they turned you down is because I told them that you're a thief. You know, uh, she said, Minnie says that she's never stolen anything, but that Hilly's been spreading this rumor because she's trying to force her to come work at Hilly's house. 
And and it should be stated here that I think the reason why is because she's a good cook because it's said throughout the movie yeah. that Hilly is constantly eating. Um, yeah, they don't really portray her like this in the movie, but in the yeah. book, she they say she's like kind of chubby and like really yeah, and is always eating and yeah. like yeah. Interestingly, so in the movie, this uh, role is played by Bryce Dallas Howard, mm-hmm. um, who is like little and yeah. uh, in fact. When they made the pies for the movie, they made vegan, yeah, gluten-free pies that. for Bryce Dallas Howard to eat. Mm-hmm. I was like, that would be gross. I don't want a vegan, gluten-free chocolate pie. Yeah, um, I can't imagine that was that great. Probably not. But anyway, so Hilly's basically blackmailing her into working for mm-hmm. her. And so that's, that's where this comes in. Because she was like, well, now you better just come work for me for free. Because... Everybody thinks you're a thief. You're not going to be able yeah. to get a job, right? So, which which does not make any sense. Why would I come work for you for free? That's know, the same right? as me not having a job and not having to work for right? you. Like, it's <laughs> not an incentive. Um, I am just going to read it straight because yeah. I cannot do the dialect and I wouldn't presume to do that because it would be really disrespectful and I would do it really incorrectly anyway. So... I'm just going to read it straight. So it might sound weird me reading it, but is there language in this part? There is, but I'm going to beep it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So watch out for the beep. You'll be able to tell what it is. And that's how come I did it. Miss Celia blinks at me. What, Minnie? I tell her to eat my beep. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Celia sits there looking dazed. Then I go home. I mix up that chocolate custard pie. I put sugar in it and baker's chocolate and the real vanilla my cousin bring me from Mexico. I towed it over to Miss Walters' house where I know Miss Hilly be sitting around waiting for the home to come and get her mama so she can sell that house, go through her silver, collect her due. Soon as I put that pie down on the countertop, Miss Hilly smiles, thinking it's a peace offering, like that's my way of showing her I'm real sorry about what I said. And then I watch her. I watch her eat it myself. Two big pieces. She stuff it in her mouth like she ain't ever eaten nothing so good. Then she say, I knew you'd change your mind, Minnie. I knew I'd get my way in the end. And she laughed, kind of prissy, like it was all real funny to her. That's when Miss Walters says she getting might hungry too and ask for a piece of that pie. I tell her, no ma'am, that one's special for Miss Hilly. Miss Hilly say, Mama can have some if she wants. Just a little piece, though. What do you put in here, Minnie, that makes it taste so good? (laughs) I say, that good vanilla from Mexico. And then I go ahead. I tell her what else I put in that pie for her. Miss Celia's still a stone, staring at me. But I can't meet her eyes now. Miss Walters, her mouth fall open. Nobody in that kitchen said anything for so long. I could have made it to the door before they knew I was gone. But then Miss Walters start laughing. Laugh so hard she almost fall out of the chair. Say, well, Hilly, that's what you get, I guess. And I wouldn't go tattling on Minnie either, or you'll be known all over town as the lady who ate two slices of Minnie's beep. (laughs) This seems so great. I love the way they do it 
in the movie. Yeah. Cause she says something like, like, cause she doesn't just come right out and say it. She says something like, you're about to lose yours. Cause you just ate mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And she doesn't get it right away, but Miss Walters gets it and she's cracking up and Hilly's like, what? And yeah. yeah. And she's like, and all she's got it like seared all over yeah. her mouth. It's <laughs> like, did you need one? You ate two pieces. <laughs> is that she's like what do you put in there and make it yes. taste so good <laughs> and then the movie she's like oh mm, like having yeah. a love affair with this chocolate <laughs> oh man that's amazing I just I can't even think like how did like how did Catherine Stockett think to do this and like make it know. like work in the book without it just being absurd and ridiculous yeah. you know <laughs> but this is something that like helps Celia to know this because she now like has, I guess, not really something over Hilly, although she kind of does. But the reason Minnie tells her this story too is because she thinks that the reason why Hilly was so mean to Celia is because she thought Minnie had told her about this mm-hmm. and that she was embarrassed and so she was really mean. Um, so she's kind of saying it as like an apology, but it really helps Celia to be able to come out and be like, okay, you know what? I'm not so bad. These people are also not perfect, mm-hmm. you know? So this moment is also really interesting because it's, it's empowering for Celia to hear Minnie talk about it, but it's also empowering for Minnie because there's kind of like a power shift that yeah. happens here um, because now she's got something on Hilly that Hilly does not want out. Uh, and that's why they put it in the book yeah. is so that Hilly won't go talking pretty much. Well, it should, it, they use it as insurance in that when people obviously start to recognize themselves in the story that Hilly will do everything in her power to say, no, this is not Jackson Yeah, because people will listen to her. Yes. And she definitely doesn't want people knowing. <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't want people knowing that she ate Minnie's poop. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I guess maybe we should have uh, clarified that, that that's oh, what happened. That's what the beep was. If you were yeah. sure. <laughs> um, yes. So essentially Minnie got her revenge on Hilly by making her eat her poop. Yes. Poop pie. Um, I mean, you would never know looking at it if there Honestly, was poop in it or not. You know, I was like, the way it the way it kind of turned on top, I was like, there could be poop. Yeah, you totally. Never know. You would never know. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, one more thing I wanted to mention before we talk about pie is the the scene I always remember in the movie um, is when Minnie goes to Celia and they're still kind of at the beginning of their relationship. Yes. Okay. So they have this scene where she's like frying chicken and it, oh my gosh, I love that scene, how she talks about frying it and Mm -hmm. how she uses it or how she does it. And then she's like, but I use Crisco and Celia's like, what's that? And she likes like, yeah. Yeah. She opens it and it's like all perfectly white and smooth. And she's like, it's like frosting. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, don't eat that. And then Minnie <laughs> says that, don't eat that. <laughs> well, I like it when she gives her, she puts the chicken in a bag with like spices and flour and she tells her to shake it. She's like, this is fun. And she's like, the chicken's already dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't, like don't shake it till it dies again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting to me to see that when Crisco was new enough like yeah. at that point in time that Celia had no idea what it was. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is, it's kind of pretty. 
when yeah. you look at it like that it's all white and beautiful because it's mm-hmm. like super white and then you are like oh but I know what it is yeah <laughs> it's that gross. um so I really I really like that scene for whatever reason probably because it has food in it well, and it's just a sweet scene because Celia doesn't know how to cook and she's afraid that her husband is going to lose interest in her because she can't get pregnant and all these other things. And so Celia she can't cook. She's being ostracized. Yeah. yeah. And so Minnie is helping her to cook. She's yeah. teaching her how to cook. Yeah. I think it should be pointed out too, that during this whole process, Skeeter is also being kind of ostracized from society like she and Hilly grew up together like really good friends but when Hilly kind of sees what she's doing uh, Mm -hmm. and that she's kind of befriending the black people and trying to further their cause that she um they start moving away from each other she starts doing mean things to her as well um there's also I like in I like the way this is portrayed in the book a whole lot better than I do in the movie but she kind of has a love interest um uh, during a lot of the book and he Hilly kind of makes him go away by pointing out that she is like against Jim Crow laws and that she's got yeah. this book and manuscript and he leaves and doesn't want to be he's of- like his reaction sucks because he's like yeah. I didn't know you were that kind of person or yeah. something like she's like like it's flip-flopped and he found out she was a member of the KKK or something. Yes. Like, I feel like that's the kind of reaction it warranted. Yes. Like, yeah, that's kind of like, what it was. Or not that it warranted, but that's the reaction he had. Yes. When it did not warrant that kind of reaction. Yes. And yeah, and it totally sucked. Like, in the book, I feel like they, she did a better job of portraying, like, I feel like it was more nuanced. Like, the relationship yeah. and he was, like, thinking about it and he was like, you know what, I just can't yeah. be a part of this. Whereas in the movie, I feel like he sucked more, where he was just yeah, like, he was, yeah, right he away. Just freaked you know? out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he wasn't cool either. Uh, it was really interesting, though. So I know that in the past couple of years, there had been some pushback about this movie. Some of the actors coming out and saying that they were sorry that they had been a part of it. Yeah, I, know, um, I know that... Uh, Violet Davis. Violet, well, not Violet Davis. Octavia Spencer okay. said that she regretted being in the movie. Uh, which is interesting because one of the things that I read was Catherine Stockett in an interview saying that she and Octavia Spencer went around the country for the book tour and um, Catherine Stockett would read everything except for the dialect parts and Octavia Spencer would read those and she said they had such a great time like doing that together. Well, I think the pushback came from like, so I really liked the story in this yes. book and I enjoy it. And most of what I like about this movie is the maids and their stories. Yes. Um, but what makes it problematic is that it's a white savior book. See, now I, I know that. But at the same time, I was thinking, but I don't feel that way about the mini Celia story. No, it's, like it's not Celia, it's Skeeter. She's I know. the issue. Yes, and I understand that too. But I feel like there are other things portrayed in this. Yeah, in the and there's other, yeah. And that there are people who are saving, like, there are other saving. worthwhile avenues. Yeah. Um, I think Abilene is a big influence for Mae Mobley. Yes, for the girl that she's raising because her mom is just like, non-existent just kind of useless yeah she she doesn't really do anything but she's jealous that Abilene and Mae Mobley have this relationship and so Mm -hmm. she's kind of vindictive about it and um but like she is is kind of saving 
Mae Mobley and her ability to think well about herself and to help her to go on in the world. And Mm -hmm. Minnie does that for Celia. And so for me, I, I mean, maybe I'm being insensitive by saying this, but I feel like they kind of both help each other in this book more so than it is only a white savior story. Well, I don't think it's only a white savior story. I mean, I think, you know, some of this, like just the, the idea of like, of like, well, Skeeter is the one who, you know, helped us because she put our stories out there and she came to our rescue. Like, like that I can see is obvious, like is problematic. Yes. But I do think that there are other narratives here that are worthwhile and I still enjoy the story and to me, it's still entertaining. Yes. I also feel like it's a worthwhile story because I, I mean, I wasn't super young, but I was youngish when this book came out um, because it's like, what, 12 years ago? Mm, Yeah, you said 2009, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So... I was, I was in my early twenties when this came out and I feel like, I feel like this book was my first real introduction to what life may have looked like Mm -hmm. for people in the sixties, you know, in uh, particularly in Southern states or where prejudices were running really high. Um, And so like with the bathroom thing. Yeah, exactly. So like, the the lady that Abelene was working for like built a whole other bathroom outside and yeah. said you have to use this bathroom now you know yeah because they make because Tilly starts this bathroom initiative where she makes up all this bull crap about like they have different diseases than we do if they use our toilets we're gonna yes. catch their diseases and and it's it's part of what I think the plot of what makes Skeeters like stop wanting to associate with them yes yes I agree um and so I, I feel like it is worthwhile, even if that's the only thing that it does, you know? Yeah, just gives you an idea. Gives you some awareness yeah. and lets you see, oh, it really was that bad, you mm-hmm. know? Um, because I really, I really truly don't think that I had a sense of what it would have been like before yeah. I read this book. Uh, and since then, you know, I've been exposed to a lot more things, a lot yeah. more media, a lot more history, a lot more, you know, stuff. And so I've continued to learn. Um, but I, I do feel like it was worthwhile for me to mm-hmm. read and informative. I mean, I know that it's fiction um, and everything, but I do think that she tried hard to make it realistic. Yeah. You know? um, was it this book where they talk about like... Like, if you piss off the men, they come kill you. If you piss off the women, they make sure that your life is ruined and you never work again and you can't take care of yourself kind of thing. Yes. (laughs) It makes you. Um, Well, I was was reading a book called um, Remembering Jim Crow, and it's, um, like, a written, like, transcript of oral histories from Black people who lived through Jim Crow and their experiences. Mm -hmm. And... um, I mean, almost every single story, and that is a hundred times worse than what's going on here. Yeah. But I feel like it follows that same kind of pattern of like extremely vindictive women who will just go out of their ways to make sure, you know, because, you know, because they decided they were offended about something, you yeah. know, something infinitesimal and idiotic, you know, that they completely ruined the lives of these women, you know, and then the same where, you know, a lot of men were killed 
you yeah. know, over extremely petty, small things. Yeah. And, you know, you see like footage from when they were desegregating schools mm-hmm. and coming on the first day. And there are even women. I mean, I don't know why I'm saying even women, <laughs> but for whatever reason, that seems more shocking to me to see them out there like screaming yelling and, throwing yelling stuff and looking and... violent because uh, like housewives, you know, people, like, soccer moms. I, I you can't know? imagine being that mad about it. Right. Like, I, I don't know. I'd be like talking to Brett, like me, 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 me. And that'd be the end of it. Like I would, I would never yeah. like go. Like if you had an issue and... with it, it would go as far as complaining. Yeah. Not like, yeah, exactly. But it's, it's baffling to me that it mattered so much to so many people that they were out there like basically rioting and trying to hurt them. And yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, I can't, I just, I don't understand it. Um, and on that pretty note, let's talk about pie. Because yeah. <laughs> pie is happier. I got deep there for a minute. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to talk a little bit about pie just like as a thing, but also about chocolate pie. So this pie that we made is actually the real recipe that they used in the movie. Um, so this is the pie, except that it's not vegan and gluten-free. So it's not the one Bryce Dallas Howard would have eaten. Yeah. But... Um, Yes, <laughs> but it is a custard pie. So it's not the same as a chocolate cream pie exactly. Chocolate cream pie would be more like a pudding that you put into a pre-baked crust. Minnie said it was a, it was a custard pie, yeah, right? she okay, did. Okay. She said it was a custard pie. And so that's what this that we're going to eat today is. Um, it's egg-based and you just mix up, you know, sugar, eggs, chocolate, you know, all these things and throw it in the pie crust and then you bake it. Um, and that's what sets it up. But that's, I mean, I think in American mindset, it's just chocolate pie, right? Yeah. It's not going to be anything much different. I, this is a new experience for me though, because my only experience with chocolate pie is the French silk pie that mom yeah. makes for Christmas. And that just looking at it, that looks like it's an entirely different texture. This yeah. looks more pudding me, whereas yes. with like a little bit of a crust on top. Yep. Like a sugary crust, it it caramelized on top. Whereas the one that mom makes is like whipped egg whites and it's like kind of a foamy, but like thick, foamy texture. That's true. Uh, Kind of more moussey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And the one that I make, because I don't like the French silk pie, sorry, mom. Um, (laughs) But I I make chocolate cream pie a lot. Mm. And so it is, it's like I make a pudding on the stove essentially and put it into a pre-baked crust. Mom always made it with the like a normal crust that she would make. And then Will one time was like, you should make this with an Oreo crust. Oh, and he did so it. It's like a hundred times better. I know. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> Mom was like, that ruins crust. it. I was like, like, no, no way. No, no. That's what I do. The chocolate cream pie, I make an Oreo crust yeah. and the pudding in it. Um, but according to Tippin's Pies, have you ever heard of Tippin's Pies? No. Because I haven't either. Are they supposed to be an authority on pie? Well, I, I think the Mrs. Smith's, company like did a poll or something in this Tippins pie place quoted it but chocolate cream pie is America's third favorite behind pumpkin and apple okay I was gonna ask one of the first two pumpkin really yeah well I think I think the reason why is because it's associated with Thanksgiving so like everybody has it in November well I feel like the only time I mean I know that apple pie sounds like quintessentially American but I feel like the only pie 
Dillman with pie. The only time Americans are like guaranteed to have pie is yeah, like Thanksgiving. Yeah, and you have an apple pie and a pumpkin pie because it's fall. Yeah. And so that's what people do. Um, and then chocolate makes sense because chocolate's always yeah, popular, but popular. it got 32% of the vote. And this was people listing their three top pies. Um, so oh, that was a good amount. So pies have kind of an interesting history. So crusts way back, like in Roman times used to be just intended as plates. They weren't intended for you to eat them. And that's pretty normal also for like in medieval times, they didn't use plates. They used these things called rashers that were like bread slabs, essentially like really hard bread slabs. Um, and then sometimes they would also eat them after and like use it to sop up gravy or something, but they didn't really use plates. They used these things. Uh, edible pastry didn't really become fashionable until the court of Queen Elizabeth I. Really? Yeah. Which I okay. thought was interesting that they said it it became fashionable to have edible <laughs> pastry. <laughs> and then sweet pies, so as opposed to like meat pies, which are less popular in America. I think we mostly just have like chicken pot pie. Yeah. Like every once in a while you'll see something else, but chicken pot pie is the only one that's like really yeah. people eat. Um, I think this would be more popular, particularly in Britain and probably in other places around the world. If British baking shows anything to go off, right? Of, they make pie like all freaking time. Yeah, and it's mostly meat pie, right? And when there's say pie. That seems to be what yeah. they think of. And there's like mince pie in uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, like mince pies are gross. Are they? Sorry, I thought they were mince meat, <laughs> but they're not. Yeah, I. It's like. Mince fruitcake pie. Yeah, exactly. That sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. No, it I I have a British friend and she made some mince pies for Christmas and gave me a bunch. And I was like, oh, this is so sweet. I'm so excited and I tasted it. I was like, no, really? <laughs> I was not happy about it. I was very sad that I didn't like it. Oh. Um but Okay, so sweet pies rose to the forefront in the early 1800s because domestic sugar industry like took off. Um, hmm. So they started making more sweet pies. So cream pies um, apparently came from the American Midwest because it's full of dairy farms. So they would use cream and eggs and custardy things because they just had a surplus of it. Mm -hmm. um, and then also particularly like custard on pies. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, also, they said that this particular pie, chocolate cream pie in particular, probably has roots in the depression. And it was served at the Hershey Hotel in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and still is. That, I guess that same hotel is like still uh, being used, like it's still a hotel. Why the depression though? Did we talk about this in another episode that like cocoa powder came out of the depression because like chocolate was Hard to find or something. Am I making that up? I think so. Okay. <laughs> um, um, Christine's fantasy land. <laughs> <laughs> um, the reason why it said the depression is because um, Milton Hershey 
when the depression happened, he still kept his factories open and paid his workers. Um, Mm. And he was planning on building this hotel, but his wife had died and kind of put the plans on hold. But then when the depression happened, he went ahead and did it anyway. And it was like a $2 million hotel or something at the time. And when they finished it, they started serving this chocolate cream pie because he's with Hershey's chocolate. Right. Um, And that's when they started serving it. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, they're still served there. And I would be very curious to know if it's like the same recipe or if they've changed it. Um, I will say my favorite chocolate cake recipe is a Hershey's recipe. Oh, really? Oh, there you go. Maybe it is then. So for chocolate pies, due to cost and the difficulty with making the pastry, the dish was relatively rare, except in like really upscale cafes for a long time. Is it really that difficult? Apparently. That's what I thought too. They said, I thought it was difficulty of the pie, but it was the pastry that was the problem. Maybe it was hard to keep it from spoiling or keep it cold or I don't know. I don't know exactly what it was, but my favorite part about this is in the early 19th century, like there's a there's a cookbook published in the early 19th century for opulent families, like in oh. quotes. Like that's a- <laughs> that's funny because that doesn't even sound like you're rich. That sounds like you're rich and you're bougie. Yes, exactly. Like, that is not necessarily. And you're like rich. flaunting it. <laughs> yep. And so right. that had a recipe for chocolate cream pie. So it's like it's like super fancy I guess like I don't know I think like when you think of making something for a fancy party oftentimes you'll think of chocolate because it has kind of like a decadent yeah feel to it um people are obsessed with chocolate yeah and it's like I mean forever they've been obsessed yeah. with chocolate it's like a tart you know like I would think now I would think to do like a fancy smooth chocolate tart that has raspberries yeah I mean if I was going to try to go fancy chocolate I wouldn't have made this pie no no yeah not now but I think you know back then Mm -hmm. um it wasn't fancy but it was probably amazing the way that Minnie made it originally not with poop um (laughs) so yes uh we have been staring at this pie for out. Christine made it at like 10 o'clock this morning while I was writing this script because I couldn't write it before then. <laughs> and so we've been staring at this pot all day. So now we really want to try it. I'm going to be really disappointed if this isn't like the best pie I've ever had in my life. <laughs> okay. It's probably not going to be the best pie I've ever had in my life. <laughs> but, you know. Yes. Okay. It's like super smooth cutting. Like it's really. Yeah. So the. The top got like kind of a crackly crust going on here. And I thought it was going to be like curly or something. Yeah. But like, it's not the inside looks very, it smells really good. The inside looks very smooth. We did not use baking chocolate, but like Minnie said, we used cocoa powder. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Interesting. She said baker's chocolate too, which is like brand we still use today. This is actually pretty good. It is actually really good. (laughs) It's like. It's very, very smooth. Yeah, I was going to say the texture is amazing. This is my first successful custard on this show. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's true. It always splits or something. Yeah. Oh, man. Mm. That, it's super chocolatey, really rich, but not, not heavy. It's got, honestly, it's like pudding. 
but like set. But not exactly the same as pudding. It's lighter than I mean, it's that. a little... Really Maybe like so? a deeper flavor. I was going to say stodgier. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, I don't know. I feel like it has a deeper flavor than most of the uh, puddings that I Yeah, no, I mean, I just mean like texture wise. No, the, the taste is different. The taste is like, yeah. I feel like it's smoother. I feel like it's like a, okay, this is not going to be a very appetizing way to describe this, but I feel like it's kind of like a liquefied brownie. Like, yeah, it's, I know what you mean. Okay. Um, cause it's got that crackly top. Mm-hmm. So you've got the tiniest little bit of crunch there and then it's like really brownie flavor, but it's yeah. so smooth. It really is. You're right. Oh, it's super good. It's, it is really good. Actually. I kind of like this more than French soap pie. Yeah. Mm. Although the silk pie is kind of a tradition, so. <laughs> the silk pie is a tradition as grandma would make it and it's mom's favorite, but mom, we gotta make this one for you because it's it's really good. <laughs> she wouldn't like it because it's not dark enough. It's not dark enough. I feel like it's pretty dark. If you use cocoa powder, it was the dark chocolate Hershey's. Hey, we use the Hershey's cocoa powder. Oh yeah, there we go. Huh. Um, yeah, but I don't like dark chocolate. And I like this. Oh, really? Well, I know you don't like dark chocolate that much, which you're crazy. I mean, the base was essentially sugar, though, so. Yeah. And, well, evaporated milk, but I like that sweet. Oh, I wonder if that's part of what's making it so smooth, is the evaporated milk. Yeah, possibly. I never use that in anything. I can see why Hilly would pay, or I guess Miss Walters would pay, for this for an auction. (laughs) Well, oh, yeah, an auction, yeah. Instead, though, like, oh, so the recipe called for a pre-made pie crust. So that's yes. what she used in the production. I think, well, I'm sure that she did that as a time saver yeah. to help her out. But we, Christine actually made a pie crust. We talked about it and we decided that Minnie would not would have, have purchased yeah. a pie crust. Did they even she have, have pre-made made pie crust like that back then? I would think so because I feel like all those convenience things oh, came out. you're right. That's when they started. Yeah. So I think, I think that sounds reasonable to yeah. assume that they would have had it. Um, but I think that Minnie probably would have taken pride in her cooking. And if she is yeah, I'm sure. um, that good of a cook and everybody's desiring her, she probably made her own pie crust. Yeah. The pie crust we used was from Magnolia Table. Yeah, it's a Joanna Gaines recipe. It's just the one that I generally use. Yes, I recommend this. Absolutely. We will link to the recipe in on Instagram and on Twitter because... You need to make this. And it's super fast. It was super easy. Christine made it in the time it took me to write this episode. Especially if you use a pre-made pie crust. It's just whisk it and bake it. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, that's all we have for you today with our first episode of us, you know, being together, trying to not look at each other while we're talking. Trying not to be (laughs) weird and awkward. How dare you look at me. (laughs) Having babies across the room yeah i'm sorry movies and stuff you you hear like 20 minutes of of her crying and running around (laughs) and yelling at us yeah and all of our echoey sound because we're recording in a different room and all my gulping (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of issues here just ignore them and pretend like we're professionals (laughs) we'll get there some point (laughs) hey speaking of professionals do you guys like our fancy new music because i'm like low-key obsessed with it (laughs) 
<laughs> she like always mentions it. It's because it's the best. I love it. And it makes, it just makes it sound like a real podcast. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Baby steps. But I hope, there. yeah, we're getting there. But I hope you really like that as much as I do. Um, but yes, please join us on Instagram at the Bitten Word Podcast and on Twitter at the Bitten Pod to get pictures and recipes from today. We would love to hear from you. Otherwise, have you made, you know, something like this? Have you seen the movie or, uh, I keep wanting to see, watch the book. Read the book. <laughs> have you read the movie or watched the book? Exactly. Have you eaten pie with poop in it? Yes, we would really love to hear about that. Especially if it was like a revenge thing. I want to know that story. Or if there are pictures involved. That would yeah. be really awesome. <laughs> um, so we would, we would really love to hear from you. So drop us a line, make this pie, and join us next week. Yeah, so next week we're doing Interpreter of Maladies. Um, we're going to be making pickled mangoes, fried spinach and radishes, and mincemeat kebabs with coriander and chili. Yes, so that's a mouthful. It's going to be like a meat. Yeah, it'll be like and pickled mango. I've never had that. And we're going to be using radishes for next week too, so buy in bulk. Oh, yes, that's true. <laughs> they last forever in the fridge. Yeah, they do. Um, so, until then... Happy reading and eat my beep. <laughs> <laughs>